The Bible Study Podcast, episode 546. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings chapter 3. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I think of all the chapters in First and Second Kings, First and Second Samuel. This is one of three or four that are kind of the reason that I did this study. This is Solomon has just become king. David has just died, and what kind of king will he be? And he started last week with a bit of a purge of David's enemies, people who David said, you know, get rid of these guys. Is that the kind of king he's going to be long term? And this chapter says. No. Solomon asks for wisdom. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because the temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You have shown Great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment, In administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life." Then Solomon awoke, and he realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his court. This is the reason that we like Solomon. Solomon is given a chance to ask for anything. And he has the humility to realize that what he really needs is not the death of his enemies. It's not wealth and power. He has control over those sort of things. What he needs is to be able to do his job well. It is a good thing when you find this kind of humility in a leader. Now, Solomon is 
different from our leaders in the sense that he is all branches of government, right? He is making the laws. He is being the judge. He is running the country. We don't have this separation of powers. It's all him. And he realizes this is a lot and that this is important, that this is God's people he is leading. It's important to God that he does a good job with this. And so he asks for wisdom. He asks for discernment, which is a pretty darn good thing to ask for. God is pleased that Solomon asks for this. The character of leaders is very important. You could easily get a leader who builds up a kleptocracy, a a country where people are just trying to take things for themselves, especially the leaders. We would describe, for instance, the way the oligarchs are ruling in Russia, where they basically didn't build the industries they're running but were given them as the Soviet Union broke up. And go read about that sometime, where people took things from the people in order to enrich themselves. Solomon easily, a king easily can do that. But the king says in this case, that's not what's important. What's important is that he be a servant of God in this role as king, that he does it wisely. And then we get an example of this, a wise ruling. Now, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, pardon me, my lord, this woman and I live in the same house and I had a baby while she was there with me. The third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. During the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I, your servant, was asleep. She put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. The next morning I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son, the dead one is yours. But the first insisted, no, the dead one is yours, the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king. The king said, the one says, my son is alive and yours is dead, while the other says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword for the king, and he he then gave an order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of love for her son and said to the king, Please, my lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him cut him in two. Then the king gave his ruling, Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. We see the wisdom of Solomon in this one great example, and I think it's the only one that we're really given besides Proverbs, which he writes, where his judgment is shown. And the thing that's always been brilliant about this particular example is he sets a trap that the guilty person will demonstrate their guilt and the innocent person will demonstrate their innocence, not by what he asks them, but by what they do. He sees their heart 
through this ridiculous request of splitting the baby in two. He doesn't ever intend to split the baby in two, but he uses that as a way to determine who is guilty and who is innocent. And there's been all sorts of talk about this sort of thing, and this sort of thing goes on today even. And uh, I know that the book Freakonomics associates the brown M&M story of Van Halen, and I don't know if you know this story, but during the 70s, I think it was, the rock band Van Halen would have in their contract no brown M&Ms. It had many, many other pages of things, including a lot of things about the setup of a very elaborate stage show. And a lot of people thought that it demonstrated how ridiculous the band was. A lot of people thought that it demonstrated how you know rock stars are just crazy. But the reason they put it in there is they wanted to see who was reading it carefully. And if they went into the dressing room and they found brown M&Ms in their bowl of M&Ms, where they'd specifically put in the contract, don't have them, they knew they needed to double-check the safety of their stage show. Because the person who missed that detail might miss something else that was important. And so that kind of wisdom that understands the way that people behave and understands how people think is the kind of wisdom that Solomon was given. The wisdom he needed to judge, the wisdom he needed to lead. It's something that we look for in leaders or should look for in leaders. The wisdom that says, take all of the knowledge that you have, all of the knowledge you have of people and apply it in this situation. Wisdom doesn't have to do with how much you know. I think of my grandfather who was very wise and had a sixth grade education, but it has to do with how you can apply that knowledge in the real world, and Solomon had that. Solomon had that kind of wisdom, and we should look for that kind of wisdom in our leaders. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. God kept calling my heart like I just knew he was my safe place. I hope people don't walk away going, wow, you're really awesome, more than like, Wow, Jesus is really interesting, and he's really awesome. Everybody on this planet is dealing with some sort of what if. How does that one courageous decision affect the whole world? A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are built for. If you were encouraged by what you just heard, please search Trevor Talks on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com.